Welcome aboard Alliance Airlines, pod travelers at this time please open your Alexa app and tap twice, you will be prompted for a pin to unlock beta mode security. Alliance flight crew please proceed with pre-check. Your attention is now required. We ask for your safety to remain seated, as we enter the sky your cabin will emit a blue pulse across the aircraft. This event is normal as the time stream will absorb your essence during disbursement. Based on your selection of stay you are geotagged to the Alliance for recall. Remember retrieval only works if you kept your invite private. If you feel this was shared on accident or intentional then press the red X. Now, this will alert the crew to remove you. We kindly remind you when visiting the past, make no attempts to influence or alter events. In doing so is a breach of terms of service and will result in immediate recall and prosecuted for banishment off-world by your peers as appointed by the Alliance. Finally the voice and thoughts of Mind Over John do not reflect those of Spotify, Fox or J.J. Abrams. Parody discretion is advised. We thank you for choosing Alliance Airlines, beam me now. Itta, itta. Hello? Who's there? Etta slowly opens her eyes almost in faint fuzzy days, and regaining her focus she mutters again. Now feeling slightly off and nearly tripping over her cat, makes a mad dash. Feeling bit creeped out, Etta dials home. Hello, Etta. This isn't funny. Mom, is our granddad near? No, he's with your dad at a conference why you ask? Ooh you know it may be nothing or maybe everything I'm just you know I got this unsettling feeling this is his territory. Feeling overwhelmed with lack of sleep I might as well suppose come clean. Um for the past few nights for um six months I think I have been having this intense reoccurring dream with me looking at me. Hem. Don't give that look Olivia. Henrietta. Sorry. I'm on edge. Etta. Whoa. Ooh so you heard it too. Where are you going? I need a moment to think. Like you said it probably nothing or it could be everything. Olivia nearly went white as a ghost, her gut felt a tug that something was off could it even be possible. Knowing the concern, she dialed Peter. Come on Peter, pick up pick up pick up. You know what to do. Moments later Olivia opens the door and rushes to Etta. Peter call home immediately, it's about Etta. Why? Why did you call dad? Ooh Etta it's um precautionary. Honey this is going to sound maybe weird coming from me but I need a really big favor, don't share this. Let me try and fill in the blanks. I'm Some here, ooh and Walter says it's a loopback. Excuse me, we haven't talked yet, how could you possibly know? On cue Walter excitedly announces. Oh hell no. Alexa. Exclaimed Olivia before a hell of disbelief. Such an invasion of privacy. You know what, I'm not going there Walter. But let's just focus on the loopback as you said. Walter paused and said. From what Etta described as no interaction night to night. Just a moment Walter. Etta, Etta, um let me call you back something up. Etta there you are. What are you doing? Where did you get that more importantly why are you crying? Etta, near tears while holding a small box with a black bow and a bizarre tag etched my gift. Unable to speak with trembling emotions Etta just confused said. It literally just arrived I couldn't make any sense of where or who this was the delivery carrier was blinding me, but I froze. That voice echoed as the gift passed and and a flicker. Just then door opened Peter ran to Etta to calm her, meanwhile Walter and I just exchanged looks there's just no way possible. Are we going to open it? Walter looked at it like a child getting a Christmas present this is bit exciting don't you? 
Eta. Walter froze from amazement to panic, then motioned to back away. Um, Olivia, we've made contact. Someone is going through a lot of trouble to send this and are like a Trojan. It's like mocking or egging you to um touch it. Not going to say it, but you, you feel it. Yo man, you almost done in here. The bell rang. You're gonna be late. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm waiting for a response from Olivia Chabot. Olivia, you for real? Bro, are you trying to get expelled? What are you even doing with the AI? You know it's controversial and we all signed that NDA it was lab protected meaning it was secured on an encrypted server. How? No. Tell me you didn't. We yeah simple just inserted flash and app get Olivia chatbot and voila. I still don't get the excitement it's just a bash screen. No my friend, there is an untouched potential. When I open this bash, Olivia chatbot automate dream loopback at a echo 12 deci. Unwrap flicker. Watch this. Ooh, eta, eta, eta. Peter, get it out of here now. What's going on? Ah, that ain't normal. As the gift starts to unwrap itself and then silence, Olivia stared into the box and fell to her feet, fearful face shaking her head, looks to Walter. No, not again. Sue, what do you think? What did you send? Etta unable to hold her composure peeked in the box but looked upon her mother in confusion a little bell. I don't understand, why a bell? Walter nearly stumbled. I need a drink and a moment to think. Taking a sip, he noticed Olivia in a deep stare. You want me to say it fine I'll say it Walter. This feels like a fringe event now more than ever I mean that opened after calling out Etta, but a bell. Peter approached the table, sits down, reaches for a drink. So we all thinking the same thing. Etta opens a Coke Zero and then goes to the table. Yeah, it's a bell. A silence a dead stares was Etta right is this Williams doing? Marcus, I'm gonna take a bathroom break you can look but it's my thesis so don't just don't. Yeah no worries, sits at terminal let's solve. Action, Olivia chatbot echo Etta look back snowflakes keep blizzard runtime 5. OMG it's snowing outside mama. No, but that's impossible, not a cloud in the sky. Peter looks at Olivia. Alright, it has to be Bell. I mean isn't it obvious? He sent his calling card. Walter you have that look on your face. No need to be selfish little man, let's share the magic. Open bash prompt and voila, echo multiple to infinite mass upload to group exit chat jet. Takis Joe Rogan, weather cloud. Enter. Look it's glowing. Why is it glowing? No matter what happens we are in absolute agreement. Nobody is to touch the bell. Peter felt a buzz on his phone. Gotta take this in the other room. You sure? Alright man, I owe you. Thanks. Olivia, turn on, News Nation, there's something you need to see. Okay okay, got the Roku remote but Peter what channel is News Nation on? Mom, just search in Roku for News Nation over there. Nope, you gotta click on Get Channel. There you got it. I'm Adan, and this is News Nation. If you are just joining us, earlier this morning around 9.30 a.m. on the East Coast we received word that a mass download of sort was forced upon every single sever across this entire world and yes that includes the media, schools, banks, law enforcement, utilities, defense systems and home pages. What's troubling, is the how it appeared. Nobody scheduled it, nobody is owning up to it and everyone is impacted by it. 
But what is it you ask? Our source tells us it's called, Olivia Chatbot. Also did you know, I'm on Fridays and Saturdays on another channel called, Reels, you may have heard of us, called on patrol live, reelsno.com. On a side note, make sure you download the Newsnation app on your phone so you have the news everywhere you go not just at home. We will be right back, after a quick break. To be continued in Season 5, make sure you subscribe to Mind Over John to be alerted when the next episode drops. And now our story continues with Chapter 17 already in progress. Chapter 17, showing what happened on the voyage from Singapore to Hong Kong. The detective and Passepartout met often on deck after this interview, though Fix was reserved, and did not attempt to induce his companion to divulge any more facts concerning Mr. Fogg. He caught a glimpse of that mysterious gentleman once or twice, but Mr. Fogg usually confined himself to the cabin, where he kept out a company, or, according to his inveterate habit, took a hand at whist. Passepartout began very seriously to conjecture. What strange chance kept Fix still on the route that his master was pursuing? It was really worth considering why this attainly very amiable and complacent person, whom he had first met at Suez, had then encountered on board Mongolia, who disembarked at Bombay, which he announced as his destination, and now turned up so unexpectedly on the Rangoon, was following Mr. Fogg's tracks step by step. What was Fix's object? Asterisk. Passapartout was ready to wager his Indian shoes, which he religiously preserved, that Fix would also leave Hong Kong at the same time with him and probably on the same steamer. Passepartout might have cudgeled his brain for a century without hitting upon the real object which the detective had in view. He never could have imagined that Phileas Fogg was being tracked as a robber around the globe. But as it is in human nature to attempt the solution of every mystery, Passepartout suddenly discovered an explanation of Fix's movements, which was in truth far from unreasonable. Fix, he thought, could only be an agent of Mr. Fogg's friends at the Reform Club, sent to follow him up, and to ascertain that he really went round the world as had been agreed upon. It's clear. Repeated the worthy servant to himself, proud of his shrewdness. He's a spy sent to keep us in view. That isn't quite the thing, either, to be spying Mr. Fogg, who is so honorable a man I are, gentleman of Theoform, this shall cost you dear. Passepartout, enchanted with his discovery, resolved to say nothing to his master, lest he should be justly offended at this mistrust on the part of his adversaries. But he determined to chaff Fix, when he had the chance, with mysterious illusions, which, however, need not betray his real suspicions. During the afternoon of Wednesday, October 30th, the Rangoon entered the Strait of Malaga, which separates the peninsula of that name from Sumatra. The mountainous and craggy islets intercepted the beauties of this noble island from the view of the travelers. The Rangoon weighed anchor at Singapore the next day at 4 a.m., to receive coal, having gained half a day on the prescribed time of her arrival. Phileas Fogg noted this gain in his journal, and then, accompanied by Auda, who betrayed a desire for a walk on shore, disembarked. Fix, who suspected Mr. Fogg's every movement, followed them cautiously, without being himself perceived, while Passepartout, laughing in his sleeve at Fix's maneuvers, went about his usual errands. The island of Singapore is not imposing in aspect, for there are no mountains, yet its appearance is not without attractions. It is a park checkered by pleasant highways and avenues. A handsome carriage, drawn by a sleek pair of New Holland horses, carried Phileas Fogg and Outa into the midst of rows of palms with brilliant foliage, and of clove trees whereof the cloves form the heart of a half-open flower. Pepper plants replaced the prickly hedges of European fields, 
sago bushes, large ferns with gorgeous branches, varied the aspect of this tropical cachemi, while nutmeg trees and full foliage filled the air with a penetrating perfume. Agile and grinning bands of monkeys skipped about in the trees, nor were tigers wanting in the jungles. After a drive of two hours through the country, Auda and Mr. Fogg returned to the town, which is a vast collection of heavy-looking, irregular houses, surrounded by charming gardens rich in tropical fruits and plants, and at 10 o'clock they re-embarked, closely followed by the detective, who had kept them constantly in sight. Passapartout, who had been purchasing several dozen mangoes, a fruit as large as good-sized apples, of a dark brown color outside and a bright red within, and whose white pulp, melting in the mouth, affords gourmands a delicious sensation, was waiting for them on deck. He was only too glad to offer some mangoes to Alda, who thanked him very gracefully for them. At 11 o'clock the Rangoon rode out of Singapore Harbour, and in a few hours the high mountains of Malacca, with their forests inhabited by the most beautifully furred tigers in the world, were lost to view. Singapore is distant some 1300 miles from the island of Hong Kong, which is a little English colony near the Chinese coast. Phileas Bach hoped to accomplish the journey in six days, so as to be in time for the steamer which would leave on the 6th of November for Yokohama, the principal Japanese port. The Rangoon had a large quota of passengers, many of whom disembarked at Singapore, among them a number of Indians, Ceylonese, Chinamen, Malays, and Portuguese, mostly second-class travelers. The weather, which had hitherto been fine, changed with the last quarter of the moon. The sea rolled heavily, and the wind at intervals rose almost to a storm, but half lie blew from the southwest, and thus aided the steamer's progress. The captain as often as possible put up his sails, and under the double action of steam and sail, the vessel made rapid progress along the coasts of Annam and Cochin, China. Owing to the defective construction of the Rangoon however, unusual precautions became necessary in unfavorable weather, but the loss of time which resulted from this cause, while it nearly drove Passapartout out of his senses, did not seem to affect his master in the least. Passapartout blamed the captain, the engineer, and the crew, and consigned all who were connected with the ship to the land where the pepper grows. Perhaps the thought of the gas, which was remorselessly burning at his expense in Saville Row, had something to do with his hot impatience. You are in a great hurry, then, said Fix to him one day, to reach Hong Kong. A very great hurry, Mr. Fogg, I suppose, is anxious to catch the steamer for Yokohama. Terribly anxious. You believe in this journey around the world, then? Absolutely, don't you, Mr. Fix? L, I don't believe a word of it. You're a sly dog, said Passapartout, winking at him. This expression rather disturbed Fix, without his knowing why. Had the Frenchman guessed his real purpose? He knew not what to think. But how could Passapartout have discovered that he was a detective, yet, in speaking as he did, the man evidently meant more than he expressed. Passapartout went still further the next day, he could not hold his tongue. The valves are not sufficiently charged. He exclaimed, we are not going, oh, these English, if this was an American craft, we should blow up, perhaps, but we shall at all events go faster. Mr. Fix, said he, in a bantering tone, shall we be so unfortunate as to lose you when we get to Hong Kong? Why, responded Fix, a little embarrassed, I didn't know, perhaps. Ah, if you would only go on with us. An agent off a Peninsula Company, you know, can't stop on Thuay. You were only going to Bombay, and here you are in China. 
America is not far off, and from America to Europe is only a step. Fix looked intently at his companion, whose countenance was as serene as possible, and laughed with him. But Passapartout persisted in chaffing him by asking him if he made much by his present occupation. Yes, and no. Returned Fix. There is good and bad luck in such things. But you must understand that I don't travel at my own expense. Oh, I am quite sure of that. Cried Passapartout, laughing heartily. Fix, fairly puzzled, descended to his cabin and up to his reflections. He was evidently suspected, somehow or other the Frenchman had found out that he was a detective. But had he told his master? What part was he playing in all this, was he an accomplice or not? Was the game, then, up? Fix spent several hours turning these things over in his mind, sometimes thinking that all was lost, then persuading himself that Fogg was ignorant of his. Nevertheless, he preserved his coolness of mind, and resolved to deal plainly with Passapartout. If he did not find it practicable to arrest Fogg at Hong Kong, and if Fogg made preparations to leave that last foothold of N territory, he Fix would tell Passapartout all. Either the servant was the accomplice of his master, and in this case the master knew of his operations, and he should fail, or else the servant knew nothing about the robbery, and then his interest would be to abandon. Meanwhile Phileas Fogg moved about above them in the most majestic and unconscious indifference. He was passing methodically in his orbit around the world, the lesser stars which gravitated around him. Yet there was nearby what the astronomers would call a disturbing star, which might have produced an agitation in this gentleman's heart. But no. The charms of Outa failed to act to Passapartout's great surprise, and the disturbance, if they existed, would have been more difficult to calculate, than those of Uranus which led to the discovery of Neptune. It was every day an increasing wonder to Passapartout, who read in Outa's eyes the depths of her gratitude to his master. Phileas Fogg, though brave and gallant, must be, he thought, quite heartless. As to the sentiment which this journey might have awakened in him, there was clearly no trace of such a thing, while poor Passapartout existed in perpetual reveries. One day he was leaning on the railing of the engine room, and was observing the engine, when a sudden piece of the steamer threw the screw out of the water. The steam came hissing out of the valves, and this made Passapartout indignant. The valves are not sufficiently charged. He exclaimed, we are not going. Oh, these English. If this was an American craft, we should blow up, perhaps, but we shall at all events go faster.